From Upstate Medical University in Syracuse, New York, I'm Amber Smith. This is HealthLink on Air. My guest today has called the rate of physician burnout in America a public health crisis. Dr. Dan Marshalek from Georgetown University School of Medicine is a urologist in Washington, D.C. and the medical director of physician well-being at MedStar Health. He's at Upstate to give a presentation on physician burnout, and we're grateful that he made time to stop into HealthLink on Air. Thank you, Dr. Marshalek. Thank you so much for having me. Now, you wrote in the Washington Post recently about a colleague who accepted a dream job only to grapple with burnout shortly thereafter. Can you tell us about her? Yeah. Um, so she's a good friend, and she took this job that she really wanted, and she was in a, a city that she wanted to be in, and it was she was getting to concentrate on exactly what she wanted to do. But what she started to realize um, pretty quickly is that that's not really what the job was. Um, a lot of it, uh, a lot of what she wanted to do with the research and the patient interactions actually ended up being uh, late nights working on her electronic health record, trying to close um, all the charts that were left open because there was just not enough time to do both charting and seeing patients. Um, she didn't really have control over what types of patients she was seeing. And uh, I think it, was, it started to become something different than what she envisioned. And, and that, that led to her having a lot of stress. So I can imagine that might happen to a lot of physicians who enter medical school with the idea that they want to help people and take care of patients only to realize afterward that a huge part of it is, I don't know, the paperwork. Exactly, yeah. I think if you asked um, 100 medical students, very few of them would say that they went to med school to be really good at typing or right. to spend a lot of time in front of the computer monitor or to become very proficient billers. But in a lot of ways, that's what the job description ends up being for a lot of doctors, especially those who spend a lot of time one-on-one -on -one with patients, busy clinics, uh, seeing clinics every day. It's almost like there is a price to pay for trying to see more patients and make it easier for patients to come in the door. And, and I think that's, that's tragic for a lot of docs. So is that the beginning of physician burnout, or, or what causes physician burnout versus job dissatisfaction? Yeah. It's a really good question and, and, and um, kind of a complicated one because I think there are a lot of different factors that, that, that combine to cause burnout. Now, burnout specifically um, is really an occupational uh, job distress, so something that an occupational distress syndrome, so something that happens because of work. It's not the same as saying somebody is, for example, depressed, which is a clinical diagnosis. Burnout's not a clinical diagnosis. Um, but uh, the syndrome really describes a couple of different things. Uh, there's three domains to it, which is how we t tend to define it. So the first is what's called emotional exhaustion, which is this feeling that, you know, I just can't do this anymore. The second is this uh, feeling of depersonalization or callousness which is a feeling of not caring about what happens to your colleagues or your patients. And the last is the loss of personal accomplishment, which is the feeling that even if I wanted to do something to make things better, I just don't think I could. Okay. And, and, and so those things are, are how we define burnout. Now, what causes it is kind of complicated. We know that the EMR has made things more difficult for doctors. And EMR is the electronic, electronic medical, medical record. That's right. Electronic health record to be, okay. to be exact, EHR. And, and we know that uh, 
the loss of control that a lot of doctors are feeling is linked to it as well. This, this, this feeling that they can't practice the type of practice that they want or they're kind of bound by requirements around billing and things like this. Um, but then we also know that the work hours can be a big stressor for the residents and for a lot of uh, attending physicians. So there are a multitude of things. So we know that um, the medical profession is demanding and high stress. Everybody knows that before they get into it. But this is more than that. This goes beyond that, right? It does. It really does. Um, I think that the way to think about uh, burnout is that it's, it's probably on a continuum. And burnout itself is likely on a continuum, too. There are people who are slightly burnt out and then people who are very burnt out. And those experiences are probably quite different. But uh, it, I think it has to do with more than just stress, because if that were the case, then I think every doctor would feel the exact same way, but they don't. We know that even when you um, look at two doctors, let's say two primary care doctors um, in two different hospitals, um, that might, and the doctors might be the same age, same gender, um, same family structure, one will have burnout and the other one will not. And the question is, what is it that might be driving some of that? And I think a lot of it, is what we're, at least what we're finding, is a lot of it has to do with the work environment. So you have said that you consider this a public health crisis. So how do, how do you make that yeah. leap? I, and, and, I, and, and I see how that comes off as, as being strong language, but if you look at what the implications of burnout are it, it starts to kind of come into focus so if you look at a physician that meets the criteria for burnout who screens positive for burnout on, on our surveys those physicians have nearly twice the rate or the risk of suicide and when you think about the fact that doctors already have one of the highest rates of suicide of any profession those numbers are startling we lose 400 yeah. physicians a year to suicide that's three medical school classes that are graduating every year just to replenish the workforce that is lost wow. from suicide. Right? Well, I think the estimate is something like a million patients lose their doctor to suicide a year. Right? Doctors who meet the criteria for uh, burnout are also two times more likely to commit a medical error. So those repercussions for patients are also devastating they are two and a half times more likely to cut down on their clinical effort, meaning instead of being a full-time doctor, they'll become a part-time doctor, which makes it more difficult for patients to come in to see their doctors. So it really is a public health issue because it affects doctors, it affects their patients, it affects entire hospital systems. No, that makes sense. Yeah. I think everyone is different, right? I think for some people, it's just this feeling bottled up inside. And, and a lot of it just comes from a feeling that they want to help patients, right? I, I, I want to make that really clear. I think for a lot of doctors, the problem is the disconnect. What they want to do is spend more time with their patients one-on-one to be able to kind of uh, deal with patients and help guide them through their issues and concerns. But a, a lot of things can get in the way and can make that job a lot more difficult. Um, the way that I would think about it is, I think a lot of doctors just wish that they could practice at the top of their license. And I think a lot of patients wish that their doctors could practice at the top of their license and do doctor things and instead of all the other things that a lot of times get in the way. And I think those, those issues are happening to doctors, right? But as a result, they're also happening to patients. 
You're listening to Upstate's HealthLink on Air. I'm your host, Amber Smith, and I'm talking with Dr. Dan Marshalik. He's a urologist from Georgetown University School of Medicine and the Medical Director of Physician Wellbeing at MedStar Health, and we're discussing physician burnout. Can you project which doctors are likely to suffer burnout? Well, I, I, don't, I don't think so. I, I, that is to say, it's hard to say specifically when somebody enters practice, is this doctor going to be the, somebody who will or will not be burned out? In fact, what we end up seeing is um, when you look at graduating seniors who are about to enter medical school, they actually have lower rates of burnout than other graduating seniors. But something changes once they start going through the whole medical education system and training, and those trends are reversed. We do know that some specialties are higher risk. Um, Generally speaking, it appears that specialties at the front lines of care, so primary care, emergency medicine, pediatrics, family medicine, those doctors are at a higher risk for developing burnout when you look at a cross-section of just all specialties and all doctors. Okay. Um, and I think a lot of it has to do with uh, the, the, the stresses and demands of both the electronic health record and coordinating care and a lot of barriers to it. Um, I think a lot of doctors will say things like, you know, I spent 20 minutes trying to send a fax and I had a patient waiting in the waiting room and it was really stressing me out. And those types of things tend to kind of pile up. Why do surgeons seem shielded from some of the stress of modern medicine? Yeah, I, I think that uh, at least that's my hypothesis. I, I don't have a clear answer for it, but I can tell you as a surgeon myself, um, when I'm in the operating room, I'm truly working at the top of my license. Like That is my protected space. All I'm doing is doing exactly what I love doing. I'm operating, I'm getting to really, uh, I'm helping somebody, and I, and I get to feel that. Um, and during that time, I don't have those some of those same barriers that we talk about, like, I don't have um, notes piling up that I need to finish when I get home during dinner. I don't have to battle with the fax machine to get it to finally receive the old records from patients that may not have had their records with them. And so uh, it, it, it's, it's, it's really purely medicine that I get to practice. And I think a lot of other surgeons feel the same way. Tell us about a study you did of urology trainees. Yeah, we did. Uh, we actually did a couple of studies on urology trainees, and we looked at uh, what factors tended to be most closely associated with burnout. Whether there were personal factors like uh, gender and age, and personal um, resilience methods like meditation and yoga and reading, uh, or whether there were institutional factors like having mentorship programs or what type of work hours they had or access to mental health services if they needed them. And we did that study in the U.S., but then we also did a similar study in Europe as well. And what we found is, is pretty interesting. Um, number one is uh, the biggest predictors of, of or in the biggest associations with burnout tended to be institutional factors. So did you have a good mentorship program where you were? Like, did you have, uh, basically, what kind of environment were you training in? Were you likely to violate the work hour restrictions? Did you have good access to mental health where you were? Um, but then we also found that of all the personal resilience factors, the one that was most associated, actually the only one that was truly significant in being associated with um, decreasing your odds of burnout, was reading for relaxation. 
reading fiction. Really? Something about books is making people um, less likely to burn out. Now, what's interesting is we saw that in Europe as well. Hmm. And then we also did a similar study on palliative care providers. And this was all providers. So resident, I mean, faculty and fellows and chaplains and pharmacists and social workers. And what we saw is reading for relaxation um, tended to be protective against burnout in their population as well. So there's something there, and I, and I find it to be very, very compelling myself because for me, reading is actually, I, I think, a big, um, a big kind of way of escaping and, and resetting. Wow, and to find that it actually makes a difference. Um, yeah, it's exciting. Interesting. Yeah. Well, I was going to ask, do you have any suggestions for how to reduce the rate of burnout? It's give everyone a, a book? No, of course. I mean, I think that some people innately for them, reading tends to be a, a form of relaxation that works well. I, but I don't, I, I want to make a really big point here. I don't think that it's on the doctors to figure out how to kind of treat themselves out of this issue. It's truly not. I think it's on the healthcare system to figure out how to make an environment where doctors can thrive. And I... And I, I think that point is important. I don't think it's because the doctors are just not resilient enough or they don't meditate enough or they don't read enough books. That's, that's not the issue here. The issue is that it's just so hard for doctors to, to do medicine. And, and I think that that really piles up because they want to help patients, but it's just so difficult to do that in, in the environment. And so things that we can do to help are... Um, for example, in training programs, let's create mentorship programs. Let's figure out ways to support documentation, like whether it's through scribes or better uh, assistance or uh, whether it's creating an electronic health record that is more intuitive, right? I think those are the things that are going to make a difference. I mean, to give you an example, when I type in Tylenol into my electronic health record, I get a menu of 120 different types of Tylenols and different pediatric doses, and I'm not a pediatric urologist. Now, when I log on to my Amazon account, it probably already knows everything that I want to order. It's already waiting outside my door. And it can right? anticipate what you need exactly. after. It yeah. can, and it, and it knows to suggest in a month that you just ran out of paper towels. right? So I think the question is, why are these other, organi- why are these other industries like Amazons and Googles, why are they so good at being able to be um, daily assistants? And why is the electronic health record not, right? So it, it's working with organizations. It's lobbying for us, for physicians, to make it easier to document without all the requirements that can sometimes not be necessary. It's working with electronic health records to basically create an environment where everybody can thrive, both doctors and patients. Oh, good points. Well, thank you so much for being here. My guest has been urologist Dan Marshalik from Georgetown University School of Medicine in Washington, D.C., and he's also the medical director of physician well-being at MedStar Health. I'm Amber Smith for Upstate's podcast and talk show, HealthLink on Air. Thanks for having me. Thank you.